Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it, so check it out. Let me know what you think. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. How can I basically build a preventive maintenance plan, if you will, so that, and and kind of the age that I say is if I can pay attention to what's going on with my kids from the ages of five to 25, could I help them get to somebody else's kitchen or somebody else's, you know, counseling moment when they're in their young adult years and just be healthier? Um, I'm not naive enough to think that, you know, we're going to go through life and not pack some bags because we all do and we all are, and God can redeem all of them. I know that. And I believe that. However, I want my kids to be healthier when they get to their young adult years. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Happy September. I am so excited for this month and this fall on the podcast. We have so many great topics and incredible guests that I can't wait to share with you. So I just want to thank you for tuning in all summer long. Our podcast downloads actually went up over the summer. They usually level out or go down and you guys just kept tuning in. So thank you for doing life alongside me. It is such an honor to serve you here. Now, today is going to be really special. I think this may go down in history as one of my favorite interviews. We have Chris Sasser, they call him Sass, on with us. You heard a short clip at the beginning, but Chris has worked in family ministry for a long time and he's had a lot of experience and he is talking about a topic I think so important for us as parents and it's about kids and baggage. Now, looking back, most of us will agree and admit that at some point we look back on our own life and said, wow, I've got some baggage. Like you don't even realize when you're packing it, right? Whether it's from early childhood, relationships, mistakes we've made, people who have hurt us, just different situations uh, tend to lead to some emotional baggage in our adult life that we then have to sort through. 
But as parents, we look at our kids and we're like, we don't want our kids to pack bags. We don't want our kids to have baggage as they enter their adult years. But no doubt, our kids are growing up in a fallen world. And yes, they have sinful parents. And so Chris comes alongside us to help us lighten our kids' loads, help us maybe prevent some of the bags that could be packed. And then those that are already packed or maybe they're starting to pack, we can help them lighten their load by unpacking some of those bags so that they can go into adulthood healthier. Oh, I love this topic so much. And I just enjoyed talking to Chris so much. I think you will too. So I don't want to waste any more time. I want to dive right in, but I'll pause real briefly to just say thank you. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. And again, for tuning in all summer and for spreading the word about the podcast. Hopefully you are on my weekly email list, which is one of my favorite things. I love to reach out once a week to all my emails email friends and just share anything new I've got, any links, any something maybe fun or funny. It's also where I share news or something coming up first. And this is going to be a big year. So if you are not yet a subscriber, please go over to monicaswanson.com forward slash subscribe and join the team. All right. Everything Chris and I talk about, any links we mention are always going to be found in show notes. And today's show notes are at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 174. All right, friends, grab a pen and paper. Maybe you got your phone to take some notes. This is a packed one. And so without further ado, here's Chris Sasser and I talking about helping our kids lighten their loads so they can grow up to be emotionally healthy adults. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Chris, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Hey, Monica, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I've been excited to talk to you. I feel like this could be just personal counseling session. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're talking about things that feel really relevant to my family right now. So um, before we jump in, can you introduce yourself and tell me about your family and your ministry? Absolutely. So I'm Chris Sasser. Uh, I live in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is a little beach town on the the east coast of our of, uh, of, of, of America. Uh, love it out here. Been here about nine years. Before that was in Raleigh, North Carolina, right in the middle of the state. Um, for really all my life, I was born in Raleigh. And so I'm mm. a family ministry pastor. Uh, been in, in full-time ministry for almost 30 years now. Started wow. as a, a youth intern for mm-hmm. one year, where the church was going to check me out, and I was going to check them out. 19 years later, I was still there at wow. that church and had morphed into the family ministry pastor, and then nine years ago, moved here to Wilmington. So um, uh, I'm married uh, to my wife, Karen. We've been married uh, almost 21 years now. She was in ministry with me for a while. She's um, uh, one of the best people I've ever seen with middle school kids, kind of a pod piper Wow. with middle school. And so she was working at our church. We got married. Uh, we, we have two teenage uh, kids, a son mm. who uh, a week from now will be off to college, oh. our first kind of in that endeavor. Uh, and so we're both excited for him because we think he's ready. We're crying like a baby because we're going to uh-huh. miss him. Uh-huh. Um, and we have a, a 16-year-old daughter who, uh. Uh, who, in his really sweet way, crawled into to, to bed with mom last night. Not my mom, but her mom. Uh, <laughs> and was, was uh, kind of teared up and, and was sad that her brother's leaving. And mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. we're thankful for their relationship, um, uh, I oversee kind of uh, family ministry at our church, everything from birth through high school plus parents. And that's really kind of where my wow. passion is, is uh, I, I'm always going to be kind of a youth pastor at heart, but my next mm-hmm. 20 years, I think of ministry is going to be just getting at it in a different way. And that is through equipping and encouraging parents as best yeah. I can. 
Um, Cause I know as a parent, I, I need help. I don't know what I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, that that's me. Oh, so many good things right there. And I just feel like we are kindred spirits in our passion for this stuff. As I have been reading your book called Bags, Helping Your Kids Lighten the Load, um, which we're going to talk about. I just was like, oh my goodness, I love his heart. And I am so all about everything that you talk Mm -hmm. about. Um, But let's just hang out for a second on this um, son leaving for college. Is he going far away, near... He's going to the other side of the state, but it's okay. five and a half hours. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's it's not super close, but it's close enough to get there in a, you know, before lunch if I really need to. Mm. Uh, and he's ready. He is. Yeah. And yeah. so we're excited for him, uh, but we are going to miss him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I and mean, we're here in Hawaii, so we've sent two kids off across the ocean, but it's similarly five hour flight. If we, I don't think we could get there by lunch, but we could get there <laughs> by tomorrow, <laughs> by bedtime right. maybe. Uh, so I love that. But my, my 12 year old is here and, um, just had biggest brother visiting for a couple of weeks. And when he left, we too faced some tears of just like, man, that relationship is so sweet between siblings. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things is my boys are all best friends. And I just love to encourage families just to even work on that relationship, which you touch on in yeah, your sure. writing. That's a sign of being a good parent. If your boys are all friends, way to go. Y'all did, y'all did well, mm. oh, if that's the case. Thank you. Thank you. It's yeah. my favorite thing to see their relationship. And so, well, um, I want to just kind of dive in and hear a little bit more about your background. You're kind of new to me. I got your book and I was like, where's this guy, Ben? I, <laughs> like I said, I really love your heart. And and I think the concept of this book is something that I have written about in my book, Boy Mom, and in my upcoming book. These topics come up, but the way you package it, I guess I can say, which is appropriate for the title, Bags, but it is just so so helpful and so practical. Mm. I think especially in communicating with our kids, we're really talking about baggage and, and we yeah. know that term, but I love that you kind of um, put it together in such a clear and understandable way. So tell us how this came to be your background and, and how you ended up writing this book. Yeah. Well, thank you for that encouragement. I mean, I, I, that's what I want it to be is I want it to be helpful and an encouragement to parents to give parents practical language and tools to be able to not only understand themselves sort of what's going on in their kids, but to have language, to have good and healthy conversations. And so, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm a longtime, you know, uh, youth and family ministry pastor and has obviously kind of been right in the midst of all the issues that kids and, and teenagers especially have been dealing with for, you know, all of my adult life. And and there came a moment uh, probably 15, 20 years ago when, um, you know, I was the youth pastor at the church and kids kind of had graduated through the youth ministry and they're off to college or whatever. And they're, they're beginning to get married. And so they call me and they say, hey, do you mind officiating our wedding as, you know, mm-hmm. a pastor that we know and trust? And of course, wanted to be a part of that. My wife and I kind of both were, were really thankful to be in kind of those moments with families. So we, we'd start this premarital process. And I tell the story in the book where um, we would have kind of the couple over to our house. And, and oftentimes we knew, uh, obviously, one of the, the two that were in the relationship. Sometimes we knew both of them because they were both a part of our church. And, you know, we knew when they were eight that they were destined for each other, but they, didn't, <laughs> they had to figure it out. But, but uh, sometimes it was one that we knew well and one that they had met in college that we didn't know. So we, we played this sort of game, if you will, where we said, look, um, tell us your life story, your faith story, and your family story. Act like you don't know us. Okay. And tell us those stories. And I got to tell you, Monica, what they would do is they would just unload on us. 
very quickly. And, 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 and I remember th them leaving our house. And, you know, we had five or six sessions that we'd have with them. But after the first one, they would leave our house. And I would say to my wife, Karen, holy smoke, honey, like, they have so much emotional baggage mm. that they have mm. no idea what to do with. Mm -hmm. And then the next five or six sessions is helping them sort of unpack some of those mm -hmm. things that are stuffed deep down in them. Mm -hmm. Some things that we knew, some things that we didn't know, but I was just sad at sort of the state of where they were emotionally as they're walking into what is hopefully one of the most exciting mm -hmm. moments of their life. Yeah. So after years and years and years of just sort of hearing about kids baggage, if you will, um, I yeah. just started thinking, you know, we had kids and I started thinking what well, a lot of parents think, okay, like what are my kids going to be saying when they're in, you know, somebody's kitchen in their Sheesh. early 20s? Oh. Uh, what, what are the bags they're going to be un, 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 unpacking, if you will? And, and oh. I, I'm a diehard optimist. I actually have a friend of mine who call, has called me stupidly optimistic. <laughs> Good, but I what I started it. to do is I started to say, okay, like do my kids have to have all of this baggage right. when they get to their young adult years? I, I refuse right. to believe that they have to be carrying such a heavy load, if you Amen. will. And so Amen. just started kind of thinking about that, started, you know, um, uh, kind of paying attention to what was going on in the ministry around me. And then I started having focus groups with college students and, mm. and young adults. And I probably, uh, I probably did focus groups with three or 400 college students and young adults. I moved to my new wow. church. New church has a tremendous college ministry, tremendous young adult presence. And so I just started doing focus groups and I started saying, Hey, okay, here's the concept. I think you're packing some bags. Tell me about them. Mm -hmm. And Monica, I have to tell you, just like what would happen in our kitchen in these focus groups that I did, these young adults unloaded on me wow. about their emotional baggage. So wow. over the course of a year or two, I just started saying, okay, here's the sort of the common things that I'm hearing. Yep. from these college students and young adults and started noodling yep. on, okay, like, how can I define these? How can I talk about these? And then, okay, like, how can I help my kids not pack those bags? Yeah. <laughs> how can I basically build a preventive maintenance plan, if you will, mm. so that, and, and kind of the age that I say is, if I can pay attention to what's going on with my kids from the ages of 5 to 25, Mm -hmm. Could I help them get to somebody else's kitchen or somebody else's, you know, counseling moment when they're in their young adult years and just be healthier? Oh. Um, I'm not naive enough to think that, you know, we're going to go through life and not pack some bags because mm -hmm. we all do and we all mm -hmm. are. And God can redeem all of them. Yes. I know that. And I believe yeah. that. However, mm -hmm. I want my kids to be healthier when they yeah. get to their young adult years. And so that's kind of where the idea for the book came from. I had a good friend of mine say, look, just write it. Just start mm -hmm. writing. And so that's what I did. I wrote it for about a year. I, I mean, I'd never aspired to be an author or mm -hmm. anything. I do, I do want to kind of influence and equip and encourage parents. And so just started mm -hmm. writing it and then had a, a publisher say, hey, we'll do it. And so that's, that's kind of a long story, but that's, that's where it came from for me. It's just kind of wanting to help my kids and, and your kid, everybody's kids just be healthier when they get to their ah. young adult years. And so what can we do along the way? Amen. Oh, I just, this is all such good stuff. Mm, and, and I do you. love that you say five to 25. Um, I've kind of, now that I've had a couple kids go through this college season, I've said many times that I think we focus a lot and I'm glad we focus on the teenage years. That's like been a big part of my heart and what I like to write about. But I think there's not a lot of talk about that. I always say the 18 to 25, because there's a lot of change and there's a, a sometimes bigger stuff. And oftentimes kids are away from us, whether they're in college or <clears throat> pursuing something else. And 
our relationship with them is still so important. And oftentimes I think parents are like, well, I did it. I launched them. Oh yeah. You know, no, no, now no. they're on their own and they get to put into practice what they've learned. I'm like, no, they still no, need no, you. No, 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 no. And in our case, sometimes more than they did before. Yeah. And so well, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you've heard, you know, kind of some of the studies nowadays where kids' brains aren't fully developed until they're 25 yep. or 26. Yep. yep. And, and you're right. I mean, they, they are going through kind of during that 18 to 25 year old range, they're going through things that are going to chart the direction for the rest of their life, Amen. probably yeah. more so than the things when they were teenagers. Yep. Yep. And for, for us as parents to be relationally connected to them yes. and to be able to help and encourage them along the way is so important. It is. And and that's where I think the focus on the teenage years, then a lot of it should just be on that relationship so that when they are in the 18 to 25, they're going to continue to talk to us and bring things to us and feel comfortable. And um, man, this is so good. Well, so we talk, we're talking about bags. We're talking about things that kids pack. Can you maybe go through and just kind of list them? I don't want to give too much away here, but yeah, maybe sure. list them and then we'll dive in deeper to a couple topics. Yeah, absolutely. I want to say one other thing real quick first, because the part of what has also framed this for me is um, redefining what success looks like as a parent. And this has been a hard journey for me because, you know, for most of us, at least those of us who kind of live in, in North America or even in Hawaii, um, <laughs> you know, our, our picture of success as a parent is that we get our kids to kind of live out the American dream, if you will. So, you know, mm-hmm. let's get them in, you know, when, when they, when they're in elementary and middle school, make sure they're getting the right grades and they're around the right people. And then they get to high school and they're setting themselves up for the right college and they get into yep. the right college and right, you know, pe- surrounded with the right people, meet the right spouse, get the right job, make enough money to be mm. successful and happy and white picket fence, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And, and, and we, we all know people who have done that. And maybe even some of us are people who have done that and, yeah. and miserable. Mm. And so for me, I, for me, I've had to redefine success as a parent and success as a parent doesn't look like my kids do that. Success right. for me as a parent is that my kids are healthy yeah. and I want them to be healthy relationally, emotionally, um, spiritually and mentally. And if mm-hmm. I can get my kids to, to their young adult years and they were, are healthy in those areas, I don't care where they went to college. I don't mm-hmm. care where they work. I probably do care who they are married to because that matters. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, the point is success doesn't look like the kid that kind of quote unquote has it all together. Right. Success looks like getting them to a healthy place. And so I think these bags, they hold them down because these kids yeah. are packing and carrying this and emotional baggage that they have no idea how to deal with. And it's going to keep them living from lives that are, that are healthy and all the ways that I've mentioned. So as parents, we've got the opportunity to pay attention. Absolutely. Yes, we have. That's so, um, something I took away from your book is just that role of not necessarily preventing all bags, but being tuned in and being involved in the process of kind of cleaning out the bags as we go, or at least observing them. And I I love that language because it helped me see like what the role is you're referring to is kind of coming alongside of them and, and observing and talking about, and I do love this idea of success as kids being healthy because the way I see it is if they're healthy, everything else is going to fall into place. If they, if they're healthy emotionally, if they're healthy relationally, then all these other things that we worry about and get focused on aren't going to be an issue. They're going to know how to sort through it. They're going to know where to go for help. They're going to have the tools and the resources. Awesome stuff. Okay. 
Hey friends, I hope you're enjoying this conversation. And now I want to pause real quick to tell you about this episode's sponsor, which I think you're going to love. But first, raise your hand wherever you are if you've been to the Holy Land. Anybody been? I have not been. Raise your hand now if you want to go. That would be me. Well, I have talked on social media and in my emails about my love for Arza, which is the quarterly subscription box that follows in the footsteps of Jesus, delivering the best artisanal food, crafts, and content from across the Holy Land straight to your doorstep. Now, we love getting our boxes. Our family opens them up. We love tasting the foods and playing some of the learning games and decorating my home with these beautiful handcrafted items. And I know you'll love them too. But this week, Specifically, if you're catching this right as this episode comes out from September 7th today to the 11th, there is a flash sale going on over at Artsa and they are selling individual items, which they don't usually do. And these are all themed homeschool and back to school. It's learning games, snacks, different foods, and etc. So be sure to use my link in show notes to hop over there, check out their flash sale. And then also I have a code for you. If you want to get 25% off subscriptions, use boymom25. Again, Boy Mom 25 will get you 25% off the subscriptions, and these make great gifts. If someone in your family or a friend has been to the Holy Land, what a sweet way to bring back memories. Maybe you know someone that just loves the idea of going. Praise for Jerusalem. This is a great gift. So again, go over, use my link in show notes, and then use code BOYMOM25 to get 25% off. And I'll be sharing some photos of my favorite boxes and some of the items in the flash sale over in show notes as well. So be sure to check that out. All right, now we're going to get back to today's episode. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so I can tell you what a couple of the bags are, or I'll tell you yeah, what all yeah. of them are, and we'll talk about it, you know, whatever we we can get to. So um, there are eight of them, and obviously I know that there are more bags than, than that that we pack, but these are just the ones that I heard most often mm-hmm. from kids. Um, the first one's the relational bag, and with each bag I've kind of done like a little definition. And so relational bags get packed as kids develop kind of a sadness and a hurt mm. and disappointment around the key relationships in their lives. Mm. Um, they have a lot of important relationships, but there's often some sadness and disappointment around those relationships. And it starts with parents. Um, and even us, you know, those of us who try to be really, really good and healthy parents, there's going to be emotional baggage um, kind of with mm. our kids uh, throughout the process, because that's just part of the nature of the relationship. Um, yeah. They have relational baggage with their siblings for sure. If there's more than one kid in the house, and so that they have developed some some bags with each other, and I'm sure you yeah. kind of know and can feel that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, having four boys. Uh, there's uh, relational baggage that they deal with with just their peers and things that happen yeah. every day, and it's um, I think it's accentuated with uh, the social media uh, and the way that um, that kids kind of are are they're nonstop sort of on, if you will, and they they never yeah. really have a place to rest anymore. Mm, um, and so, so anyway, there's relational bags. Well, there's the performance yeah, me, bag. Yeah. I, I was just going to say maybe, <laughs> yeah, before, before we get too far into these, when you're talking to, so just starting with that first one relational, when you're talking bags, then let's just be super clear. You're talking about yeah. things that they have taken in kind of, um, tucked away, internalized, be- yep, internalized become, yep. um, maybe part of their identity a little bit. Just yes. so baggage is just the stuff that they haven't dealt with. Yeah. Correct. It, it's all the stuff that, that kind of goes into kind of their, their psyche and their, their mental sort of health, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we all know that, that there, there can be times for us as adults where our baggage comes out when, you know, we're in our twenties and our thirties. And typically that's not very pretty. 
Or forties um, so yeah, and fifties. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, and we'll get to that anytime. Yeah, I want to talk about parents and our baggage too after. But continue on now. Number one is <laughs> relational. Go ahead. Yeah, re- relational bags. The second one is the performance bag. This is just mm-hmm. so so huge, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so many kids just feel uh, the pressure to perform everywhere in life, and what they begin yeah. to believe is that their sense of worth is tied to their achievements. And, and yeah. as adults, we tell them this. And I think I mentioned yeah. in the book, I mean, there's a story. We went to, you know, a, uh, a, an event at school. It was kind of an award ceremony. And one of the administrators said, you know, you have allowed your achievements to simply become a part of who you are. And I just took a deep breath because I was right in the middle of writing this. And I get it. I understand kind of the encouragement. However, there's so many subtle ways that we mm-hmm. as adults and culture kind of p- help our kids pack these bags. So, so now... You know, that group of kids was told, hey, your identity, like who you are, is Mm -hmm. tied up in how good you are at whatever Mm -hmm. it is you're trying to do. And so they Mm -hmm. just feel the pressure to perform. They feel it in school. They feel it in sports. They feel it in in our families, if we're quite honest. They got to perform. And their families, again, certainly feel it with their peers. Uh, And, -hmm. again, the social media and the technology that is nonstop in their face makes the performance just have to be all done. Absolutely. All done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's the identity bag. Um, and, and, and all of these, Monica, they, they overlap in so many sure. ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they layer on each other. So, you know, kids start struggling with kind of trying to figure out who they are and where they fit in the world. They want to know, mm-hmm. um, you know, do, do I matter? Where, who, who are my mm-hmm. people? Who, who mm-hmm. do I identify with? Who's my tribe? Who, you know, mm-hmm. th- th- all these things. And, and it changes Mm-hmm. for kids all along the way, sometimes based on who they're around, sometimes yep. based on where we push them, you know, yeah. like a kid can be, you know, on, on a baseball team and, and kind of develop a baseball identity and then mm-hmm. you know, pretty quickly get cut from the team and pick up the guitar. Oh. And all of a sudden they become, you know, a band kid <laughs> or, you know, they <laughs> totally. want to be in a band or uh, uh-huh. whatever. And so their identity uh-huh. is so wrapped into Huge. the people they're around and all those things uh, and where they fit. There's um, comparison baggage. Mm-hmm. Where we're just nonstop comparing ourselves to one another, uh, we're comparing ourselves to you know people in our family. We're comparing ourselves to people. You know, kids are comparing themselves to other kids in their school. They're comparing themselves to you know other kids kind of a- across town, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I-, I don't want to keep referring to it, but it's true that the technology and the social media. I was just gonna say, yeah, it's like I the mean, one common theme we're seeing, right? Highlighted at least. I know. Um, the comparison game is huge in that and how many likes you get or, you know, mm. whatever it is that, that, that they're kind of involved with in technology yeah. and social media. So the comparison baggage is big yeah. um, because uh, ultimately what it makes them wonder is, am I enough? Yeah. They're, they're always comparing themselves. And, 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 and that, that always ends poorly because either they can compare themselves and say, well, oh, oh I'm better than those people. Uh-huh. Like I'm, I'm wow. Yeah, I'm really great, and you know that's not good. They, they right. need to kind of learn some humility there. But most kids nowadays, they when they kind of play the comparison game in their minds, they lose. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they can never win. And so there's mm-hmm. comparison baggage. Mm-hmm. There's authority baggage where kids are kind of wondering like who's in charge of me, and and mm-hmm. what they're learning is is that submitting to authority is not important. And this this could go in a lot of different ways. And and we as adults, I think, not just parents, but just adult culture, we aren't helping our kids understand authority because we are everywhere in life questioning, challenging, undermining authority. We see it politically. We see it um, in our communities. We see it kind of everywhere we turn. And so ultimately what kids are, are packing is 
authority baggage that says, well, I've just got to figure it out. And it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of my own authority yeah. is what really matters. And that, that factors into their relationship with God because all yeah. of a sudden they, oh. they don't see, uh, they don't see the value in trusting authority. Yeah. So therefore they're not going to trust God's authority yeah. in their yeah. life. Absolutely. And so tremendous authority baggage there. Oh man. Yeah. Um, there's rejection baggage. They get rejected from, you know, a team or mm. an organization or a group of people kind of rejects mm-hmm. them. And again, mm-hmm. plays out on social media all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, they, they kind of fear being left out and they yeah. just fear this rejection all the time. And so mm-hmm. th- they begin to feel a more of a pressure, again, the layers, more of a pressure to perform, yeah. more of a pressure to build an identity to where they won't be rejected. Mm. And, um, it's, it's really kind of painful for them. There's guilt and shame baggage that I heard mm. just loud and clearly. Um, you know, it's, it's as they make decisions and you know, they experience circumstances that lead them to experience this guilt and shame. It's guilt around decisions they've made. It's shame around who they feel like they are because mm. of the decisions that they've made. Ooh. Sometimes obviously kids are, are victims. Uh, things have happened to them oh, yeah. and they still feel guilt and shame around sure. that. And, um, with a lot of the sort of college students and young adults that I talk to, you know, this this really revolves around sexuality and and sexual choices that they've made, and it's just yeah. guilt and shame they feel about that. Mm. Uh, and then the last one is the disappointment bag, uh, to where they have a hard time dealing with disappointment, mm. um, and then they often feel like, and this goes back to the rejection, the comparison, and the identity, they feel like they are a disappointment. Oh, and, um, and the, the dealing with disappointment is interesting to me. And, and part of it is, and I don't know if you've heard the term before, but, um, the term lawnmower parent, oh. uh, obviously, you know, a helicopter parents, pretty, pretty common language, but a lawnmower parent is, is a parent who sort of just sort of mows the lawn in front of their kids. So it's nice, clean, green grass that their mm. kid gets to walk on and, and basically kind of paves the way for their kids. And so I think we have so many kids nowadays who just don't experience disappointment in life because we as adults Mm -hmm. shield them from it. Absolutely. Yeah. And then they get to college or, you know, off to, to sort of on their own. And the first time they really experience disappointment, they have no idea Mm. how to handle it. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I've heard recently is that as, as parents, we have become our kids agents (laughs) to where we're negotiating, you know, their deals with their teachers and we're, and their coaches, right? I mean, he's not getting enough playing time. I'm going to go talk to the coach. Uh Uh, Right. Or, or, you know, the grades are bad. Obviously, we need to talk to the teacher and, you know, not to be you know an old curmudgeon, if you will. But (laughs) back in the day, I'd have to go talk to my coach or my teacher Uh and figure that out. And nowadays, just we as parents in in an effort to, you know, make our kids experience life be better than ours was, we might be sort of crippling them in some ways. Oh yes. Um, so anyway, so th- those Appreciate are the eight bags. Like I said, there's there's a lot more that that we all deal with in life, but that's just the one. Those are the ones that I heard most most often with kids. Okay, and so the the goal here isn't to necessarily avoid kids having any baggage, but but what is our job as parents? How can we now knowing these eight bags? What's our job? Whether our kids are little, little, and we're just starting off, or maybe we've got teenagers, tell us what we can be doing as parents. To, well, I'm to figuring it out along the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I mean, what, what I would say is our number one job is to build a relationship with them. You alluded to yes. this kind of mm-hmm. at, at the beginning of our conversation. And, you know, it, it, we, ha- we have to be aware of what's going on with them. So, and so our relationship with them needs to be close enough 
to where we're actually aware of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And we have to help them learn how to process things that happen to them along the way so that they can be more healthy. The problem with a lot of kids is they just don't know how to process the baggage that they're packing. And so Mm. therefore it just gets bigger and goes deeper. Whereas I think we all know if we, if we learn how to process the things that are happening to us, we can sort of mitigate the effect of it on us. And so as a parent, be relationally close to your kids. One of the ways that I started saying this a couple of, uh, maybe a year or so ago, it was really related to the pandemic and it was related to, to working at a church. Because, you know, where I am at least, and and most people that I talk to, obviously, you know, people were, you know, home and not coming to church during the pandemic. And what churches got really good at was creating content. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to create online content for you to watch our service online or we'll do this resource online or whatever. Helpful, good stuff. What I heard people say in the midst of the, the pandemic is what they wanted was connection. Yeah. Content was good and helpful, but, but, and, and, you know, you have podcasts. I, I'm, I do a podcast. I mean, I get it. Content is important, but what people and our kids especially really want is connection. So I kind mm-hmm. of I started saying, um, connection over content. Yeah. Well, as I started saying that in, in the life of the church, I'm saying that now in the life of, of parenting, because we're good at giving our kids content. Hey, mm-hmm. here's how you tie your shoe. Hey, here's how to eat at the dinner table properly. Hey, mm-hmm. here's how to, you know, get your homework done. I mean, that's content that we're nonstop having to deliver to our kids. And, and oftentimes I think our relationships where their kids get kind of mechanical because of the content we have to deliver. You got to get up, you got to have breakfast, you got to put your shoes on, you got to get, get your back, 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 you got to get off to school, you got to come home, you got to get your homework done, you got to go to practice, you got to come home, you got to eat dinner, go to bed, let's do it again. <laughs> and what gets crowded out is the connection yeah. and the relationship, mm, right? And okay. so I would say for parents, connection over content as yes. much as you can. It doesn't mean we're not delivering content, but I promise you the connection is so much more important. It oh is. So goodness. pay attention yes. to what's really going on. Build a relationship, connection over content. That's kind of what comes to mind right now. Okay. I love that. Now let's let's just, for fun, divide this up. Let's talk about the kids who are, say, elementary age right now. Yeah. How can we help them avoid gathering the bags in the first place? Obviously, connection. We're going to have, you know, work on this relationship. But is it bringing these things up? How, how do we specifically address the topics here? Well, I think it depends on the bag. And that's what I try to do in the book is in the book, I give um, kind of practical suggestions on things that you can do kind of during the time that your kid is growing up. And so you you just have to pay attention to sort of where your kid is. And some kids, obviously, you know, probably because of their personality or their upbringing, they they may have their propensity to pack, you know, one bag, whereas, you know, other kids may have the propensity to pack another one. It's why the relationship and understanding who they are is so important. So I don't know that I can give you a blanket statement on here's sort of what we can do. It it really depends on the bag. Right. And, and, and I I will say one thing that, that I feel like probably does um, one sort of practical suggestion that might, might stretch across a lot of them um, would be, and it's actually something that our pastor said a couple years ago at a, a parent event that we did at our church. And it was really kind of around the pressure that these kids feel to perform, which plays mm-hmm. into identity, which is in comparison, which yeah, is in yeah. rejection, all, all the things. What he said was just as a parent, reduce the pressure at home. Mm. Reduce mm. the pressure at home. And, and as our kids get older, we tend to say, oh, no, I need to ratchet up the pressure. Yeah. You know, I need to I'm being push challenged them a little here. <laughs> yeah. harder. 
to get the work done, to make sure they're on time with this. And, and, and sometimes we, in our ramping up of the pressure, what we do, I mean, you know, this Monica, people that put pressure on you, you don't want to be around them. Mm. What's the same with our kids. Like if we're nonstop putting pressure on our kids in, in what they perceive as a negative way, mm-hmm. then, um, then it's just really, it, it can be damaging for them. So Man. what if home is a place of rest and refuge hmm. instead of another pressure cooker of performance? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, I'm that's be, I'm being challenged. the one thing. Sorry. I didn't mean <laughs> well, to I'm, no, no, it's, it's good. That's, that's what I'm here for. That's what you're here for. No, well, I, and for one, we homeschool. So there's a little like, you know, oh, yeah. there, but, but no, yeah, but, but I think my 12 year old would be giving you some high fives right now and saying like, oh. yeah, mom, it's always, have you done your chores? Have you done, you know, there's right. a lot of just like expectations. And I think there's probably a healthy way to approach it that feels less pressure and more. um, No, I love that. And I think you all, you really did answer the question when you just said, be aware. I think when we as parents are observing what they're going through and you see something happen with a friend or in school or in sports and you're like, Ooh, I could see where maybe he's or she's internalizing something. Let's talk about this. So, okay. If we can, I would say that is, is, is be more aware and then also be more present. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, let, let's say, you know, you, your, your son kind of is, he, he loves playing baseball. He doesn't make the baseball team. In the days beyond that, be more present. I, th- this mm-hmm. is a funny story. So I remember our daughter, uh, she, she plays basketball, and there was a, a team that she tried out for, and she didn't make it. And, you know, we, we tried to sort of be more present, and, but we thought she was kind of over it. Mm. Quite honestly. So three or four days later, my wife is there at the mall. They're shopping. Um, they're you know going to stop and get a cookie at the cookie store. Mm-hmm. And my daughter orders a basketball cookie. Mm-hmm. And um, my wife says, hey, that's just kind of interesting that you ordered a basketball cookie. She said, yeah, I needed to get it in my mouth so I could smash it up. <laughs> so, so like what she was saying is this is still painful to this, me. Yeah, yeah. And, and so we have to, in, in those moments, be aware and then just be more present yeah. with our kids. And, mm-hmm. and here's the other thing that I will say to parents um, that, that might be the most helpful thing f- uh, for your relationship with your kids is put the device away. Um. As an adult, put the device away. There was a study done by a group um, called Axis, which does great mm-hmm. ministry and has great resources for parents, mm-hmm. where they kind of asked teenagers and, and kids, maybe I think it was younger kids too, like what's the one thing you wish was different about your relationship with your parents? And the answer in essence was, I wish my parents weren't on their phone as much. Wow. And so, um, you know, presence does not equal we're all in the same room on a device. Like they, our kids know when um, – we're giving them our full attention. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, as adults, we are not disciplined enough to put the device down and so be true. present with our kids. So and so true. that's what I would say is put the device down. Okay, that's huge. I mean, right there, that could be a game changer for all of us, I think. Could be for all of our relationships. It could be. Yeah, yeah, all of our relationships. You're right. Um, okay, so I'm going to just hop from the elementary years to those of us who have kids, say, getting ready, you know, finishing up high school or like me, coming home from college. 
clearly, if we haven't been super tuned in and aware, no shame. We're all doing our best no here, right? Yeah, that's right. But yep. um, do you have any suggestions for just ways to open up this conversation to make a connection that maybe we don't feel like we built well in the early years? I would. I would encourage you to um, to have a conversation. I mean, you can use the language of bags, mm-hmm. um, and and kids get it. They, they totally do. get it. So yeah. so. Uh, I was on a father-son campout with my son uh, six, seven years ago, kind of right as I was, eh, it's probably five years ago, right as I was starting to write this before mm-hmm. it kind of got published, having a conversation with him. It was a moment where, hey, um, you know, kids are going to pray for dads. Dads are going to pray for their kids. Um, and we were sharing kind of things to pray for. And I was praying, I, I shared with my 12-year-old son, I think he was 12 at the time, um, hey, like here's something that, you know, you can pray for about this this baggage and your sister. And he said to me, dad, you need to be careful that you don't try to not pack that bag with her because you might be packing this one. The 12 year old mm, said that to me. Wow. So, so they, they get the concept. And again, in all my focus groups yeah. that I did with college students and young adults, they get it. And what I would say is lead with empathy mm-hmm. with your older kids. And this is hard for me quite honestly, but, but lead with kind of empathizing with where they are. And, yeah. you know, at times as parents, we need to say, I'm sorry. So, so if you hear your kid talk about, you know, I do feel like you put a lot of pressure on me and I feel like, you know, you, you really have high expectations instead of leading with, well, I'm just trying to make you stronger and just trying to, you know, you're going to have to perform in the world one day. That's not building the relationship. It is lead with, you know, I'm really sorry that as your parent, that's, that's what you have felt from me the most. And can we rebuild this relationship in a different way? Mm-hmm. So lead with empathy, recognize that they can have conversations around um, these, these bags. Mm-hmm. One more quick story along those lines is I was kind of, when the book was launching, I was on my way to an, or I went to an event where we were kind of, it was like a launch event for the book. A friend of mine um, who works with me, I think he's 30 ish. Uh, he was on the way to the event, was on the phone with his mom, who's you know, I guess sixties or seventies. And she said, hey, where are you going? He said, I'm going to this book launch thing for this book, Bags, and kind of explain what the book was about. His mom says, you know, I'm really sorry. I imagine that there are a lot of bags that you have Mm. from when you were growing up. And and can we talk about that one day? That's what his mom said to a 30-year-old son. And he, he was so moved by that that he told me the story, number one. And then number two, they began to have conversations around. Yeah baggage. Yeah. But what she led with was, I'm sorry. Yeah. She recognized it. And so it's not too late for anybody that's got older kids. Last thing I'll say is with, with kind of teenagers, middle school, or even you know, kids going off to college, help them develop their identity. And for me, mm-hmm. it's an identity in Christ. You know, I want for my kids, and we've had this conversation at our dinner table where I want, I will ask them, fill in the blank. I am blank. Is it, is it, I am a screw up? Because that's mm-hmm. what I felt all my life. Is it I am a I'm a good student? Is it I'm a good athlete? No, no, what I want my kids to say is I am a child of God. Yeah. And so your older kids can have conversations around their identity and who yeah. they are. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's really important for that age group. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's so good. And and I can just say, coming from, you know, people who followed me or have read my books or been a part of this podcast know that I, I really thrilled that my boys all are walking with the Lord. Our family has great relationships, but I'll be the first to admit that over the summer, as we've had talks with our older boys, 
even the healthiest families, I'm like, whoa, I we didn't realize some of these bags that were packed. And I'm glad we can have right. the conversations. But this does bring us to one more thing I want you to touch on, sure. which is usually, I think, um, and, and you mentioned the 30-year-old friend, but... Um, parents have their own bags. And, <laughs> and what do you say to the parent who's like, listen, I haven't dealt with my own baggage. How am I supposed to parent and raise a healthy child when I'm not feeling totally healthy myself? What, what do we do with oh, that? Yeah. That happens to me all the time. I'll be in a seminar, like a parenting seminar where I'm trying to help parents understand the bags their kids might be packing and how to you know, lighten the load, if you will. And parents will come up to me and say, wait a minute, I have all these bags yeah, yeah. and I don't know what to do with it. And my answer is get into counseling. My answer is talk to your yeah. pastor. My answer is get in a you know, small group, be in a community, be, be vulnerable enough mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. open up and have the conversation because there's no way that you're going to be able to help your kids navigate all this in a healthy way if you haven't been willing to face it yourself. And I know that's, mm-hmm. that's scary and depending mm-hmm. on what the bag is and depending mm-hmm. on the state of the relationship that mm-hmm. probably you know, is connected to that bag, it could be really, really hard. Yeah. But that's the answer is, yeah. is be willing to talk about it. And be oh. willing to step into it. Have have the courage to do that because it matters. So good, yeah. And I've got a number of friends who are in the season of life I'm in, and are you know now sorting through things. And oftentimes it's like, wow, mom and dad really need some counseling. And I've found that in this season, now that we've got kids who are kind of entering adulthood, I'm realizing that some of the things maybe early on in marriage where you're like even premarital counseling, you're talking about the way you were raised and the differences in how you're raised. And then there's a few years where you're just kind of survival mode. You're raising the kids. And then all of a sudden, as they're launching, I'm seeing things between my husband and I that are like, wow, this kind of brings up what were your expectations for, you know, a 23 year old? What were my expectations? And it, a lot of it has to do with how we were raised and our own baggage. And so you got it. This is such important stuff, Chris. I couldn't thank you enough for just sharing. And and this book is incredibly helpful. And there's a parent workbook they can get at your website. Mm -hmm. Can you just tell everybody where they can get the book and where they can follow you and listen to your podcast as well? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, you can get the book on Amazon. It's it's right there. Um, if you want to get the workbook, then you do have to order that from me, which you can obviously get the book and the workbook from me. And that is at a website called thebagsbook.com. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty simple. Hopefully you can go there, thebagsbook.com, and you order mm-hmm. that for me, and, and I will ship it from my kitchen table really quickly. Don't worry. <laughs> even even to Hawaii. Um, and uh, then there's another website that uh, that I have. It's called equipandencourage.com. Mm-hmm. And part of what I've just realized, kind of my ministry, I mean, obviously I'm full-time at my church, and I do some consulting, but, but really uh, kind of some words that came to me years ago is I just want to equip and encourage um, parents and, and leaders to help the next generation walk with God. So it's equipandencourage.com, and I do some kind of blogging and some um, resources there. I'm on Twitter, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Instagram and uh, mm-hmm. Facebook, C. Sasser is what I am there, Chris Sasser. So just you can find me in all those places. Um, and from the Equip and Encourage site, you can kind of sign on to a newsletter there. You can email me there. Uh, those are the best ways to to get in touch with me. And, and I'll, I'll tell you too, Monica, I, I love having these conversations with parents. And so if there's mm-hmm. a church or uh, I'm even uh, kind of starting to talk to Christian schools uh, about, yeah. you know, I'd love to come and talk and kind of give a seminar about this um, and really talk about anything kind of with the next generation, how we can help them grow up and be healthier. So thebagsbook.com, Amazon, equipandencourage.com, find me on uh, Instagram or Facebook. 
terrific. We will link to all those places. And and you're typically you. you go you go by Sass, is that right? That's I do. Like well, the I nickname. do. So my, my last name is Sasser. So you chop right. off the er. So my wife um, and even sometimes my kids call me Sass. So most everybody <laughs> in my world calls me Sass. But it's just a little weird to introduce yourself as Sass. It feels kind of third personish. So I don't really <laughs> typically do that. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. I love it. Perfect. I mean, that's, that's youth ministry, right? You have to have a right, nickname. Right, exactly. Gotta have a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know people are going to want to have you back, so I hope you'll consider coming back to join us for sure. more of this. Oh, I will, Monica. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, take care. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. And again, links to everything we talked about can be found at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 174. I appreciate you all so much. And again, we've got some big topics coming up in the next few months. So keep spreading the word, keep coming back. You are always welcome to email me if you have a topic suggestion or a question for an upcoming Q&A episode. You can email me at aloha at monicaswanson.com. All right, friends, God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.